glimpse of the future. Paul's writing to the church and he says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be uh, spirits without bodies, he says. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. Anybody groaning and sighing like Jesus take the wheel? You know, come on. All right, it's, yeah. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared a place for this, prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he's given us his Holy Spirit, God's Spirit residing right within you, whispering to you. I hope he speaks to you today. So we are always confident, not in our circumstances, not in our physical bodies. No, even though we know that as, we, as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Live by faith. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for, when, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to become YouTube famous. No. Our goal is to make lots of money. No. Our goal is to be well-respected and liked. No. Whether we are here or there, our goal is to please Him, Jesus. You cannot please everybody, but there you can please somebody, and the somebody you want to please. He's here today. Even though we can't see him, even though we can't touch him, he's here. I promise you, he's here. He's alive. He's doing well. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. We'll pause right there. We're starting a brand new series today called Now and Forever. We're talking about eternity and heaven but you better believe right now. Forever starts right now. So whatever you believe about forever, you might have heard, you know, we read through this, and you're like, I don't know if I believe all that. Whatever you believe determines how you live right now. And so we're going to break a lot of this down. Before we do, I want you to, to say hello to three or four or five people and welcome them and say, I am so good to see you right now now. We're not promised tomorrow, so let them know that you're glad to see them and, uh, and welcome a few people. We're going to journey through this series um, about eternity for the next, I got four messages, it might morph into to five. Let me give you a little bit of idea of, of where we're headed. All right, so next week the message is titled, Having the Time of Our Lives to which we will be talking about eternity, but how are we having the time of our life uh, right now and using that in a, in a purposeful way. 
Uh, the next week after that, I'm going to steal a message from a, a, a pastor named Louis Giglio, but um, it, it's entitled, uh, Five Things You Can't Do in Heaven. And so we'll be, again, kind of addressing uh, more eternal things. And then uh, in the final week, are we living in the end times? So I won't be able to cover everything that you read. Some of you guys are like, when are we going to do a deep dive verse by verse in Revelation? And when are we going to learn about the Antichrist and all, you know, all these things? That's probably going to be a, another Bible study for another day. We might touch on those things. Um, I want to give you the main, the main highlights, the main pictures, because you know, we can, we can disagree on a lot of these things, but there's going to be certain things that the, the Bible will emphasize and say, you know, like what I was talking about before we started singing. Like, hey, I don't know exactly what all is taking place in heaven right now, but I do know there, there is worship that is taking place. There is glory and honor being directed into, to, to God in the, in, the, in the right place in the way it's supposed to be. All right, how that looks, I don't know. And we could have fun debating about what that looks like, and we will. We're going to have some fun in this series too. All right, but I also feel as I've been prepping this, the weight of it, uh, is, it has an eternal impact here. And there's a part of it that's like, man, this might, be, this might be one of the most important series that we do as a church family when we're going to be talking about how, how are we living our lives. Because to, 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 to just take a few moments and, and really just contemplate, why, what am I doing here? Not only here in church, but on this earth. Why am I living? What is my purpose? We don't get redos. <laughs> you know this, but we don't get a redo. This is it. This is our one shot. So the importance of this is, is huge. What you believe about forever determines how you live now. What you believe about eternity determines how you, how you live right now. And truthfully, most of us, a lot of people, if I were to just go out on the streets and say, what's heaven like? We don't have a clue. We don't, we don't have a clue. What, what's eternity like? And, and all of us believe something about heaven. All of us believe something about eternity. I mean, you might be here today and you're, you're, you're not a Christian, and I'm glad you're here. You might be like, hey, I don't, I don't believe in the afterlife. It's just we live, we die, that's it. Nothing. But that's still a belief about, about what happens when we die. Some of you, you know, people might believe in reincarnation. Whatever you, you know, you, you like trees and then you reincarnate into a tree or something like that. It's not what I believe, but you believe something about the afterlife. Maybe, if I were to ask people about heaven, it might conjure up some ideas of like some corny jokes. You know, you get to the gates of heaven, and there's St. There's Peter, and he, he's sitting there asking why he should let you in. You know, the joke that kind of goes along the lines of, he, you know, this guy walks into the pearly gates, and there's Peter, and he says, well, why don't you, why don't you uh, before I let you in and see the big guy, um, tell me what's like the, the nicest thing you've, you ever did, uh, or, you know, the nicest act of kindness you ever did. He says, well, actually, um, there was this older lady. And I, I noticed uh, she was by herself, and she was about to get mugged and attacked by this motorcycle gang. These guys were coming up on her, and they were going to mug her. They are going to rob her. And so I got in the way. I said, you will not lay one hand on this lady. And to which St. Peter's like, hey, that's, that's really cool. You're not a really a big, big guy. Like, how did it go? When did this go down? And the guy says, I think probably about three or four minutes ago. <laughs> Is actually, you know, um, we, 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 we might conjure up that. Or maybe when, you're, when you think, well, what's heaven like? And you're like, I think it's kind of like Morgan Freeman. Like, he, I'm going to kind of meet him, right? Is that, is that your view of, 
uh, of heaven. Or maybe even in this moment where I talked about and I read out of Revelation, and you're like, is heaven going to be like this eternal church service? Like, it's kind of cool for a little bit, but then after like a hundred years, you're going to be like, dear Lord, when is this? It's going to end? Like, is this it? Because if that's it, I don't know if I... I what I want to do in this series is give you little glimpses into heaven. I told you already, I can't fully describe it. We're going to go to scripture, and it will give you a little glimpse. It's like a movie trailer for the summer blockbuster that you wanted to watch. What does it do? Picture, 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 tease, tease, tease. It's not the full thing, and so you get a little taste of it. The book of Revelation and the Bible throughout gives you Jesus when he talks. We're going to actually look a lot at Jesus, not as much at Revelation. Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven a ton. And, and he gives you little glimpses. He's trying to communicate how good this thing is. Let me just tell you, heaven, you're going to like it. Hell, you ain't going to like it, all right, bottom line. But we'll, we'll try to break that down with the urgency that Jesus gave it. And, and so we will joke around, but it certainly it is not a joking matter. Jesus said it like this when he was praying. This is kind of my heart behind this message. He, he, he teaches his disciples a prayer. You know it as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I want to key on. He, he's saying, let's bring heaven to earth. Let's, let's bring eternity to right here today. And so that's, that's my heart behind this message. I'll finish out the prayer. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Today we're going to talk about what happens when we die. And this is important because mortality rate is pretty high. You get, you get my dry humor. Good, good, good. Have you ever had your life flash before your eyes? Have you ever had one of those moments where you're like, well, I remember we went camping over Memorial Day weekend uh, uh, three or four years ago, and we went up towards Sipapu, and there was actually a campground that you could rent that was an Airbnb, like so it was on someone's private property, but it was in this just beautiful, gorgeous area in northern New Mexico, when we got there, it actually looked like, I mean, you're surrounded by mountains in this giant field, and um, it looked like we were in Germany or something like that. It was just like, this is New Mexico? I couldn't believe it. Anyway, on the way there, I mean, it is, you hit this dirt road, and the directions to find this Airbnb in the middle of the mountains, in this dirt road, it was kind of like, go to the lake, and then turn a left, and then at the fire department, take a right, and then when you see the cow that's just kind of standing there, you go to the lake. It was really confusing. It wasn't, it, you didn't have, you were so far in the boonies, you didn't have any signs or anything like that. So we're following. After about 45 minutes to an hour, the, the dirt road just stops. It just stops. There's no more. And we were kind of going up this hill, and at this point, um, you know, I like to hold my man card pretty, pretty, pretty tight, it, but I had to admit, we, we lost. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. And, and uh, we're gonna, I, I thought I was going in the right direction. And as I'm, we, we go to the end here, there's kind of like some cattle and some sheep that are off to the distance. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, this dude just starts walking towards us. And he is a rough-looking dude, all right? It is like 
oh, man, this is not good. And he's coming towards us, and he goes, you lost? To which I'm holding my man card tight, and I'm like, and Rita, go, Rita goes, yeah, we're lost. Here's the, you know, here you go. And he go, and I said, we're looking for Carla's place, because Carla was the one that owned this Airbnb. And he goes, oh, Carla, the, she has the Airbnb? Yeah, that's her. Oh, that's my ex-wife. And then that's about the time I noticed this guy had a knife on his, on his, uh, on his belt, and it was like, like Crocodile Dundee, like, that's not a knife, this. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys are like Crocodile Dundee. I don't even know. So anyway, he goes, fortunately, he was super nice. He was just like, oh, you go down by the, the lake, take a left, and then go to the fire department, take a right, and then you're, and, I was, and so we ended up, we made it there, we get there. Then we, when we're there, Carl's place, beautiful, looks like Germany is just awesome. We're having a great time. Uh, she has cattle kind of on the property. And so we're just like, we got, our boys were young at the time. We're checking out the cows because that's kind of cool. And I noticed there's this one cow. There's this one cow, and he is just like staring at me. And so we're like, I got my man card. I'm like, oh, no, cow, you are not taking me down and coming in between me. and my, You are not laying a hand on me and my family. Until that cow took a step towards me, and then I threw my man card away, and I ran <laughs> away from this cow. Now, I tell you all this because my life flashed before my eyes a couple times in, in these silly little scenes, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm lost. This is how it ends, death by cow. Which, by the way, stats have said, one stat said, in the world, there are 20 deaths by cow uh, per year. Um, in the world. So you don't know how you will die, but uh, the point is here, you will know at some point we will die. Uh, cow, 20, 20 people per year. Just slightly up from that, ants. In Africa, 50 people die from ants uh, per year. Um, how many of you went to the beach over the summer? Anybody go to the beach? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, shark is not your greatest enemy at the beach. You want to know what it is? Well, you're like, everyone's like, people? I don't know. Coconuts. Uh, uh, well, it's not, maybe not your biggest one, but I'll just tell you the stat that I thought those. 150 die, die per year from coconuts. So you're relaxing under your hammock, listen to Jimmy Buffett, watch your head underneath the palm trees for those falling coconuts. Sharks in the USA, one person per year on average uh, in, in the USA as well. We don't know how we'll die. We do know that we will. Today, I want to share one thing that you need to know if you're taking notes. Uh, this is a bonus point. I've got three others that I want to share you about what happens when we die. But first thing is this. Death is an enemy. Death is not a joke. Okay? You, we know the real, the real pain, the real grief, the real tragedy uh, of this. And I, I like to make light of it. Partly, that's part of who I am when I'm uncomfortable and dealing with a tough topic. I like humor. Uh, uh, but I also like to take care of business, too. Jesus we, we see one glimpse of this with Jesus when his friend Lazarus dies. And, and, he, and Lazarus is dead, and Jesus goes to Martha and Mary, who's Lazarus' uh, sisters. And when Jesus saw her weeping, the sisters weeping, and he saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. This is where we get Jesus wept, all right? Death is an enemy. Death was, was not part of 
God's creation in the beginning until sin entered and then death came with that. That was the penalty for sin was death. When Jesus sees that with his friends, he's angry. He's sorrowful. He's grieving. He's hurt. Death is an enemy. And why are we going to be talking about, just to back this up just a little bit, why are we going to be talking about Christianity and what Jesus has to say about the afterlife? Because there's plenty of other religions and things that people say things about the afterlife, things about eternity or whatever. In this house here, what we proclaim is Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That death is an enemy, but death was conquered. Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus lived a life where he, he taught about heaven, taught about eternity. He healed people. People all around were eyewitnesses to this thing. They saw it, firsthand accounts. Then they saw him die, and then they saw him alive again. And then some of them even saw him ascend into heaven. And then they started writing all these things down to say, everybody for every generation needs to know what this guy said, what he did, because it impacts all of us and how it impacts forever. This is for everyone. So I'm going to take the guy who claimed to be God, who died and rose again, and you got all these people, this no-name guy. He's a no-name guy from, from Bethlehem, from Nazareth. Shouldn't have anything to do, and all of eternity is pointing towards this one guy. So we're going to look at what he says. Well, first thing, what happens when we die? One is our physical bodies die, but our soul keeps living. So you have a physical body, as it said, hey, we know that this earthly tent that we live in is taken down. That is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself. So we grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new, new clothing. So you have a soul, but you also have a physical body. The physical body will will die, but the soul lives forever, all right? So I kind of think about it like a starburst, okay? You have inside of this starburst wrapper is the good stuff, the candy, the thing you want to eat. Um, thing's kind of stuck on here. But basically, when we die, the wrapper goes away, and he's saying the soul lives forever. But too many of us, the implication is we live to please the wrapper, he, he says here, so whether we are here in this body or taken away from this body, our goal is to please the rapper. No, our goal is to please him, the things that will live on for eternity. When, when we go through this series, you're going to, I, I pray, I, I don't want to beat you down, all right? I'm not one of those hellfire and brimstones. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. But every one of us have areas in our lives where we are living to please the rapper. I want to satisfy the here and now. And this thing is going away. It is withering. Some of you guys are like, I know, I got knee pain or whatever. I'm like, my hair is just, it's, I, it's going away. I get made fun of uh, by my kids every day on how it's balding and all this sort of stuff. I'm going to have hair in heaven, all right? That's what I'm praying for, all right? I don't know what it is that you're looking for. You're like, hey, you're aching back or something like that. It's just that, hey, you're going to have a new body in heaven. Some of you guys are like, can I get cremated? 
you know, like, can he, can, listen, it doesn't, the God who created us, he can sift all those things back together and do whatever he wants to. You you don't worry about the wrapper, okay? So number one, our physical bodies die, but our soul keeps on living. Second thing that I want you to know what happens when we die. The believer's soul, those who are followers of Christ, the believer's soul will be in the presence of Jesus. I'm going to read you some scriptures here, and I'll break this down. In this verse here with Corinthians chapter 5 and 6, he says that we're always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord, okay? So we're not, we're not with God yet. For we live by believing, not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. We would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So to be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. Jesus said it like this to the man, the thief on the cross. He says, the thief on the cross says, hey, remember me when you enter your kingdom. They're in their final moments. This guy's going to die pretty soon. He's on a cross. He's, he's breathing his last breath. And Jesus says, today, truly, I tell you, today you will see me in paradise. You're going to see me today in heaven. So purgatory, if some of you are like, what about purgatory? What about like, you know, kind of us waiting and stuff? It's not in scripture. You won't find it in scripture. All right, so I, 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 to me, when you look at the words here, when you look at what Jesus is saying, he's saying, hey, to be absent from this body, to be vacant from this body, you are in the presence of the Lord. One more is out of Romans. I love this. He says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Right there. Nothing's going to separate you from God's love. You, to to, to, to you will be in the presence of the Lord. Neither angels nor demons, nor fears for today, nor worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. All right? Jesus paid the full price for your sin and my sin on the cross. There's no more price to be paid. If, if, if it is, look at the scriptures and tell me what else we got to do. The whole message is saying God did it for you. Okay? So you don't have to worry about that. Where am I going to go? What am I going to and, and, and this goes into the third thing. What about the outcome? What happens when I die? Bible very clearly says there's two outcomes. There's two outcomes. We will all face judgment. All right? It said it, said it here that, that um, we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We'll each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil that we have done in this early body. So everybody, nobody's escaping. You're going to stand before God one day. That's why this is one of the most important messages that we do. Because as your pastor, this is the moment of your life. This is the pinnacle. Everything you do leads to this moment, you standing before God. What's going to happen there? What's your certainty level there? You will stand one day. I want you prepared. I don't want you to be worried. I want you to be confident. That's why this series, I want to build you up and give you confidence. Now, there's two judgment seats that the Bible talks about. I'm going to break them down for you. We'll get a little, our little glimpse into Revelation, our little glimpse into heaven right here. One is called the great white throne judgment. And most scholars myself included, I'm not a scholar, but uh, would say that this, thro- this judgment is for those who are not believers in, in Jesus. They, they, they live their life, but they did not give their life to Christ. 
And, and, and so he writes in, in uh, verse 11 of chapter 20. He says, I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, and they found no place to hide. And then I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. The most infamous person, the one who has the most money on this planet, the one who has all the followers or whatever you think, the greatest to the least, the nobody. All will stand before God at some point. At this point, the books were open, including the book of life. Skip down to verse 15. It says, And anyone whose name was not recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. If I were to ask you about heaven, if I were to go on the street and ask people about heaven and what it's like, the vast majority of people would say heaven is the default. I've never, even as a pastor, I've done a funeral where anyone has, has everybody goes to heaven. We, we want to think about those things. But I, to be clear, to be very honest, to be blunt, the Bible says there's two outcomes. Not everybody, heaven is not the default. Not everybody goes. There is an eternal life awaiting all of us. And the way the Bible describes it is there is eternal life and there, there is eternal death. Eternal life spent in the presence in a relationship, an eternal relationship with God, with Him forever in relationship. Eternal death, separated, no relationship with God, described as hell, to, to, to have no chance at a shot at a relationship with God, an absence of a relationship with Him. This book of life, you want your name written in there. That's the one you want. You want your name written in there. How do you get in there? How do I get into that book of life? It's by grace, not by works. You don't do a certain, you don't do a thing. The Bible's very clear. You're saved by grace, not by works. So, one is the great white throne judgment. The other judgment seat is that of the is called the bema seat. And we're going to talk about this in the coming weeks. This is what's mentioned in 2 Corinthians 5. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged or stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that's called the Bema seat. The Bema is in Greek. That's what the word is. It's called Bema. We will receive whatever we deserve, the good or evil we have done to this earthly body. Now, this is a judgment seat that is not reserved for God, condemnation. God's not going to look at you and condemn you and be like, well, you messed up here, you messed up here, you messed up here, you messed up here. No, this would be the ones kind of like at the Olympics when you've won the award and they get you up and they stand you up for the medal ceremony and they're going to be like, congratulations, well done. You, you, here's what you have received. Here's some rewards that you have received. All right, this is not a condemnation one. This is one for reward. This is, this is a good thing happening. When you think of the Olympic ceremonies and someone getting crowned, they, they, they like that spotlight. That's a good thing. That's a highlight thing. They want to be a part of that. And that's what's described right here. We will talk about this one in the coming weeks, all right? Now, I mentioned that we cannot earn our spot in heaven. I want to be very clear about this. I went to the store here, and we got a baked chicken, all right? We'll just call this guy Fluffy. This is a little grotesque, but I'm trying to get your attention. <laughs> Fluffy lived a great life. Fluffy might have laid some eggs, had some fun in, in, in the pen or whatever. I don't know. 
There is nothing Fluffy can do to come back to life and lay another egg. I can't, I can't debate Fluffy. Hey, Fluffy, just flap your wings a little bit and you'll come back to life. I could, I could hug this thing, nurture this thing. There's nothing possible. This thing is, its life is over. The only thing that would bring this thing back to life is something supernatural, miraculous. Like if this thing come back to life, started clucking, flapping its wings, and laid an egg, we'd all be running out of here, right? Because something crazy just happened. The Bible describes, what am I getting at? Not the wrapper, the soul. Your state, spiritually speaking, before God, it, it doesn't say you were a, a good person and then Jesus came into your life and made you a better person and now you go to heaven. Bible's very clear. You were dead in your sins. Dead. You couldn't come back to life on your own. Even if you tried, it's impossible. Now, that sounds bad, but I think it's a beautiful thing. To know that I'm not trying to earn it with God. I don't have to work the system and be religious and do all the things in order to be made righteous in front of God. He's just saying, you can't. You're dead. You were dead in your sins. Fluffy, I'm sorry. You can't do anything. But when you know that state and you realize this all comes down to grace, not works. Oh, what gratitude I have. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Because I did nothing to earn this life. The Bible's clear. The Bible's clear that you can't earn anything in there. The mortality rate is high. The problem is many of us, myself included, if we were just honest today, when it comes to this subject, we all think we're going to live forever. I've got time. The important things can wait until I please the rapper a little bit more. Three years ago, I had my life flash before my eyes. Two years ago, I had my life flash before my eyes. I woke up in the middle of the night little bit of chest pain. Never really felt that before. Hmm, that's weird. Very light, but enough to kind of disturb me. After about 30 minutes to an hour or so and a few searches on Google, it's like, you better go get that one checked out because that's not normal. So I tell Rita in the, two in the morning, whatever, hey, I think I'm going to go to the ER. I don't know what's going on. My heart, just chest kind of feels painful. I'm going to go get that checked out. Okay. I'll text you to let you know what I'm going on. I go to the ER right here in Los Alamos, have them check it out. They give me an EKG just to see what's happening with my heart. And all of a sudden, as soon as they do that scan, I notice things just start moving a little bit faster in the room. I'm still not thinking anything until the doctor comes in and says, Mr. Brake, you're having a heart attack. We're going to fly you to Santa Fe right now. What? 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 He says, sir, you're having a heart attack and we've got to life flight you 
to, to Santa Fe, to which now I'm calling Rita on the phone, having conversations, and my life is flashing before my eyes. Long story short, I did not have a heart attack. I did get lifelitis. They did all the stuff in the sense I had pericarditis, which mimics a heart attack. It was not COVID-related. It was not shot-related for anybody that wants to go there. <laughs> that was all later. But you have a moment. When I had a moment, I remember being on the helicopter and I remember seeing the city lights of Los Alamos. I'm like, there's, there's the lights. And I'm like, is this it? You know, I, I can't fix my heart. There's not anything I can do but just sit there. And I had a moment with God just saying, if this is it, I, did, I think I did my best. I don't want to die. I don't want to go. But I know I gave it my all. I didn't die. I'm still here. I still have purpose. I'm still living as hard as I can to go and live for God. I'm not perfect by any means. But folks, you are not promised tomorrow. And there is no redo. You will stand before your creator. You don't have to be afraid of that moment. I guess that's part of the message. Like, I want the urgency because so many of us know we're living, when we think about it, when we actually think about it, we're like, ah, I'm living for me. But you don't have to be afraid of that moment. Jesus says this. He says, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. To know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So, so, this is the great thing about Christianity. You don't have to wait till heaven for eternity to start right now. You can know God right now. This is the great thing about Christianity. It levels the playing field for everyone. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It didn't matter what you thought last night. It doesn't matter. Gray, gay, straight, trans, black, white, Republicans, Democrats, young, old, everybody gets the invitation from God to say, I love you. He doesn't reject anyone. The open, it's the open invite, but you got to come to Jesus and it's Jesus alone. Everything else, you're trying to get fluffy to come back to life again. Every other religion, Every other religion, they say good things, but at the end of the day, if you break it down, they say you got to do something to earn it. Christianity says, no, there is no doing. It's a gift. In the middle of this thing, God says, here's a gift I place before you. Here you are now. Eternity awaits, and I give you a gift called a salvation. You can just, the slate be made clean. You're forgiven of everything. Just be in relationship with me. Death is an enemy, but let me tell you something. Death is an enemy that has been defeated. I want you to have hope today, not in your circumstances, that you can face one of the most tragic events in your life 
because it has been defeated. We have hope beyond the grave. I want you to be certain in your future. I'm not certain in my own works, in my circumstances. I'm certain in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. So when I have that moment, when I have that moment when I'm before God, it is humbling. That song I can only imagine to where I just want to get down and I want to worship. I want to say thank you when I recognize it is not about me. None of this ever was about me. What a day that will be. What a day that will be. Can we stand? Can we pray? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.